Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. People can change anything they want to. And that means everything in the world. Show me any country and there'll be people in it. It's time to take the humanity back into the center of the ring and follow that for a time. You know, think on that. Without people, you're nothing. Without people, you're nothing. Stoke the fire. All right, ladies and gents, this is a very special episode. Uh, we're just going to drop this bomb on you right here, right now. This is the second, the last episode of Stoke the Fire for a while. Uh, next week is going to be the final episode of Series 1, Episode 15, me and Jesse, one-on-one, mano y mano. We're going to detail the future of this podcast. We're going to tell you what is in store, where we go from here, which makes this one the penultimate episode of Series 1 and our final guest of the first series of Stoke the Fire, which is exciting. Uh, People who are hearing this might be like, oh, God, what's going to happen to the show? Don't worry, the show is not going anywhere. We're going to take a little break. We'll be back. But this is it for now, isn't it, Jesse? We're bringing it home in style. Yeah, I love it. Sure is, man. And uh, the future looks bright. It's going to be great. We're going to expand. And uh, let's go out with a bang with this this homeboy. This is going to be a fun one, I can tell. It is. Before we get him on, I want to say this. I've had the great pleasure of touring with this dude, I think, three times. Like, we've done full tours. We've done festivals. We did the Flogging Molly Cruise together. I've spent a lot of time in various parts of the world with this dude. And he is Mr. PMA for me. And we'll talk all about, you know, his philosophy and and attitude towards life because it's so infectious. And he's just, he's a beautiful man uh, and a dear friend and an amazing human being. And I know you're a big fan uh, of him. Him and his band as well, Jesse. So without further ado, let's bring him on, ladies and gentlemen. Matt Cotran from the Bronx and Mary Achi El Bronx. Come on down, Matty. Yeah. Right. What's up, fellas? Good to see you. Hey, man. Great to be seen, man. How's everybody doing? <laughs> Good, man. How's the raccoon and the cat? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah. It's, it's a mess. It's a mess over here. You know, it's... It, You'd think that there would be a lot of people out there willing to accept animals, but, you know, apparently all the shelters are full, which is, you know, kind of a sad thing. But, yeah, I got a cat and a raccoon on my patio. We'll work it out. (laughs) And how does your dog take (laughs) to these new imposters on the scene? Uh, You know, she's cool because she's inside, so it's all good. But, uh, but yeah, hopefully, you know, the cat's trying to work its way inside. I can't let that happen. You know, there's a church and state that, that just can't, certain lines just can't be crossed. <laughs> well, let's, let's just go in on this, Matt. There's so much stuff we want to cover with you. Obviously, you've recently started a podcast as well, so we'll talk all about that. You mentioned the key word there, church. Now, both you and Jesse grew up in very religious homes, and both of you, I think for me, in conversations that I've shared with both of you over the years, have told me a lot about the positives 
that growing up in an environment like that can bring into your life because when you hear a lot of people especially punk rockers and musicians where you hear them talking about growing up in religious households often it's them kind of criticizing religion and, and moaning but I gather for you as as well as for Jesse, to a point, um, a lot of that experience was positive and had like a good impact on your soul growing up. So why didn't you get us started there, Matt, with your uh, introduction to religion from the household you grew up in and, and the role that it played in your life as a kid? Yeah, man. I mean, I never really had a problem with God. My my issue was always, you know, the, the operator error was the human uh, side of, uh, of religion. Uh, that I had an issue with growing up. Um, but I think the positives for me was um, it's kind of, uh, it was a gateway into, uh, you know, discovering my own uh, spiritual beliefs, you know, which I think, uh, you know, as a kid, you don't really, you can't, it's kind of hard to comprehend that there's energy everywhere and that there's, you know, uh, above and beyond, you know, your own existence and all this stuff that's, you know, bigger than life itself, but it's hard to comprehend when you're a kid, you know? So I think you just kind of, you know, moan and groan with going to church and all that. And then as you become a teenager, for me, uh, it, that whole thing just turned sour because it was super judgy. And, uh, you know, I was pretty open-minded as a kid and, and kind of always have been. So I hated that aspect of it, but I loved what it introduced to me, which was uh, the aspect of, of something beyond this life, uh, you know, something uh, spiritual that you can kind of grab onto and and lean on when things get tough or to kind of help yourself navigate through all this insanity of life that you can't explain, you know? So for me, it was, it was a good thing that way. Um, and also a good thing, you know, negatively because it inspired a lot of music that I grew up listening to. And it, you know, it, it's kind of like knowing what you don't want to do as well, you know, you, you kind of know that you don't want to be like that, you know, so uh, it kind of sets examples in both ways, uh, creatively for me growing up. And, uh, you know, spiritually now as a human being, you know, I, I'm sure we've all lost people on this podcast. And when that happens, you know, that there's just, uh, there's just more to life than what we're doing here. And, and you can you can see and feel that person uh, you know, in the ocean, in the, in the breeze, in the stars, you can just, you know, that life is more than just a physical form. Um, so that side of things, as you get older, at least for me, as I've got older, um, has just become really, really cool. And it's something that you can tap into, um, you know, if, if you want to, you know, like I, I have all sorts of kind of, you know, places around here where I live that I kind of tap into, uh, you know, people or, or, or things that have come and gone out of my life that mean a lot to me that aren't really here in a physical form. Um, so that aspect of growing up in a religious environment, um, you know, it kind of guided me down that pathway of figuring out my own spirituality, while at the same time, you know, knowing that, you know, a lot of the, you know, quote unquote, televangelism, Christian shit that you would see on TV or the high school I went to or the churches you go to, whatever, a lot of those people are full of shit, you know? So it teaches you about, uh, you know, hypocrites. It teaches you about self-serving people uh, and what kind of, you know, damage that can do. And, uh, you know, it's taught me a lot, man, for better, for worse. I can completely relate, man. I think you, you summed up a lot of what I think and feel too. That's a nail right on the fucking head. Um, and I'm super grateful for that too, because 
it is. You latch on to something that's greater than you. And that's, you know, some people might see that as a, a weakness, but I, I certainly see that as a strength and something that keeps you humble and keeps you desiring for more. And the idea that, you know, I believe death is a doorway. I don't think it's the end, you know, because there are traces of people that have passed on that are still lingering. And I love that's one of the things you touched on. I love that because I've gotten really deeply into my own type of spirituality as well through my native blood and through the place where I live up here in the Catskills and the mountains. There's a lot of old energy here from the tribes and, and the original people that lived here. And they, the whole practice of that is the great spirit as well as like ancestors still inspire and support and watch over you. So yeah, I, you hit the nail right on the head. That was a beautiful way of putting it brother right on man right on yeah absolutely how do you stay so positive all the time matt where does that come from i want to know what's the secret because here's why right Ah. and we'll get into it in this time right this time that we'll call the global pandemic i've seen a few people in my life that i look to for inspiration and always have really thrive and really excel and really like and that's not to take anything away from the the horror that have been many people's reality but I've really seen you in this time, you know, with what you've done with the Bronx, with with all the art around the record releasing, which we'll talk about in your love life. I've seen that blossom, your podcast. Like I've seen this last couple of years for you be, correct me if I'm wrong, like pretty fucking awesome. And I love that. Yeah, about you. yeah man, it's been I mean, it's been good, you know, but it's like I, I mean. I, I've always been a pretty easygoing dude, you know, it's like, I, I think growing up, uh, you know, kind of working class the way I did, uh, my family was always super just, uh, you know, chill, hardworking people. Um, and then, you know, I, I think that acceptance for me has, has been a big thing, you know, like just accepting what's happening around you, accepting who you are as a person, your, your, you know, your pros, your cons, your faults, uh, all, all that stuff. And then once you kind of realize that stuff, at least for me, it becomes really easy to just apply yourself, you know, as long as you're not afraid to work. Um, And for us, you know, being artists, musicians, all that stuff, we get, uh, you know, we're lucky, man. We get to think creatively. We get to do stuff outside the box. We get to kind of take chances with our life um, that, that, you know, most people don't really get the opportunity to take. So um for me, it's hard to boil it down to why I'm so positive, but, you know, life is for the living and I, I'm just here to have a good time, man. You know, it's like I, I've been weighed down by shit before. And, you know, I think one thing is, is I kind of I, I can kind of tap into um, to emotion, maybe a little bit more than the average person, at least for me. Things used to really weigh on me, man. And when you can shed that weight and just kind of live your life. Uh, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing, you know, so I got the band, I got podcast, I got, you know, the beach, I got nature, I got my friends, I got my family, uh, you know, I, I'm breathing. So there's way more positives than negatives. So I just try to focus on that. Hell yeah, as you would say. Yeah, <laughs> that's what life is for living, man. And it's, you know, it's really simple when you break it down like that, like that kind of gratitude list that you just did right there. There's a lot more positive than negative, as you say. Yeah, man. You know, it's it's all good. I mean, and everyone's got shit that happens to them, you know? I mean, it's like the pandemic's been fucking hard on everybody, you know? I mean, uh, it, it's stressed a lot of people out. It's broken a lot of wills. It's, it's, it's fucked with people's well-beings, you know? Their lives, their paychecks, their mental health. Uh, you know, people are dying, um, you know? But it's like, at the end of the day, 
uh, you know, it's not going to do anyone else any good if I'm, you know, sitting here spinning my wheels, being miserable about it. I, I try to control what I can control. And that's myself. That's my own attitude, my own work ethic uh, and how I affect and treat others. Uh, and then, you know, start from there and just, you know, go about my day. <laughs> so I know you're a, you're a touring maniac, much like myself, um, prior to this pandemic. Yeah. Um, what do you think is the number one thing you'd say that really kind of struck a chord with you during this time where you were forced to stop really being on the road and sort of being in one place for a longer amount of time than you're used to? What was the big, was there any big aha moments, aha moments with you or was any like phases that you went through where maybe it wasn't so positive at first? Did you ever have a moment where you're like, fuck now what? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I had, I, I think most of us, you know, especially touring musicians had that moment. Uh, I, mine kind of came halfway through 2020 where it was just kind of like, a, you know, you, there's like the first wave of like, okay, you know, it's all good. And then the reality kind of sets in of, uh, you know, yes, there's crazy shit going on. People are dying, and, you know, in the States, of course, there was everything going on with George Floyd and all that shit. So there was bigger fish, fish to fry, so to speak. But then eventually your own world comes into play and you get, I got depressed, man. You know, I was like, fuck, I don't know what's going on. We got to kind of pivot professionally and see what we're doing. Um, and then, you know, I guess, I guess for, for me, like a point of weakness, you know, or, or something that I've always kind of been uh, afraid of. Uh, has been as a musician and as a, a young guy who was kind of just always into punk rock and going with the flow. I never wanted to go to college. I never wanted to do anything. When the band took off, um, you know, I always just kind of figured, okay, this is going to be my life. And eventually it's going to run out. And I always had friends who were doing the opposite, friends who were spending the first half of their life buried in books and studying to make sure that they had money and everything they needed to get themselves through the second half of life. I always figured the second half of my life was going to be like in a dumpster somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was okay. like, oh, whatever, you know, like if it plays out, it plays out. So but at least the first half was good. <laughs> at least the first half was good. Whatever, you know, I'm a first half type of guy, I guess. But so, so then, you know, in, in when the pandemic hit, that kind of played into that insecurity of just like, oh shit, you know, like, what am I going to do? You know, what are we going to do? That sort of thing. But, uh, you know, you, you, you trust in yourself and you adjust and, you know, my bandmates and, and friends and colleagues and everyone just kind of like how to get creative for a little bit, you know, and then you figure out that your life is more than just, you know, being in a band, your life is more than just traveling and getting on stage that you mean more than that. And so, uh, it was it was also a big relief to kind of find that deeper meaning in myself to know that, you know, you have the freak out of everything I've done my whole life is this thing and now I can't do it. So who am I? And then you redefine that, um, you know, by being able to look inside yourself and, and, and find creative ways around uh, the problems that you're facing. So uh, for me, it was a super roller coaster, you know, of a pandemic. It still is, man. I mean, it's like, we had a Europe tour that we we're supposed to be leaving for like today and it get, you know, it just got canceled and, and then your tour gets canceled and then Europe says, fuck it. We don't care anymore. You know, we're doing masks or, or you don't have to have masks or whatever. So our industry is still, you know, it's completely up in the air. So 
it's it's just taught me a lot about kind of redefining uh like where you get your power from and your own identity and all that good stuff you know it's like um so for me you know the hardest part was kind of that like kind of having to dig into myself a little bit and kind of rediscover who i was because i know uh for you jesse it's probably the same it's like so much of your own identity is wrapped into what you do you know it's, it's it, for anyone really uh but for some reason for artists uh it's just there's just a little bit more weight to it so it's it was really hard to kind of like uh to kind of like get past that and kind of rediscover myself you know dude get out of my head <laughs> between, between uh, your upbringing and what you just said it, it's so accurate it's it's kind of freaky um yeah dude i i completely understand and, and fully back that as well and i think i i think i needed that honestly i think the yeah the, the path that I was on prior to the pandemic, I was on full burnout mode. And um, yeah, I realized a lot about, I like that you said that you're important outside of your band and your music because it becomes your whole life. How can it not when that's all you're doing? You know, that the whole idea of writing a record, touring, touring, touring. In even when you're home from tour for a certain amount of time, there's a decompression period. There's a preparation period. Tour just, it takes over your whole life. So having that taken out, yeah, it was a huge eye-opener for me. And I would say for the first time in my life, personally, I love home. I never really loved, <laughs> yeah. I never really loved home. It was always just like, oh, I'm only here for a little while, so my life's kind of fucked up. I'll just let it, all the dysfunction, just it, I'm going to go. And then now, my life's better than it ever has before. I got somebody that I love that supports me. Like My whole life changed because of this pandemic. And uh, I, I'm, I see it as a blessing as... You know, you can't not include all the horrible shit that's happened, but I think you hit the nail on the head again, dude. And it's very wise. You get a lot of wisdom in you, brother. Ah, uh, yeah, I appreciate that, man. Same, same to you. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a very, uh, you know, crazy time. Still is a crazy time, but I agree with you. It's been, uh, it's been really rewarding uh, for me personally. Um, you know, just kind of being able to 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 take inventory in my own life and all that good stuff that you know, as a crazy, busy person or just someone who likes to throw themselves into their work, uh, you know, sometimes you're kind of, you, you, you let all that stuff go, you know, because you just, and you have something to do. You got a song to record, you got a show to play, uh, you got places to be. Um, so, you know, having the time to do that, even though it was scary as fuck at first, um, once you kind of break through that kind of first, uh, layer, you know, it's, you find out that there's a, a lot more to yourself than you initially thought. And that's such a cool part of the human experience. You know, it's, it's awesome to be able to uh, continually like discover new things about yourself and life and the people around you. And as an artist, it all plays into whatever you do next, you know, so that's cool, too, because you get inspired, you get motivated, all those good things that happen when, you know, you, you turn uh, negatives into positives. You're, um, I think you're a super blessed dude as well, Matt, in the sense that your band is one of, and I've spent a lot of time with many, many bands and more so than maybe, maybe any other, the Bronx for me are like the best of friends and you're a real gang in the real sense of the word. And I see that there's love and respect there and that isn't always the case. Uh, and I know how much you all respect and appreciate each other and how much you still enjoy not just creating with each other, but just the company of each other. It's awesome. 
Yeah, man. I mean, we're, we're fortunate, you know, it's like, and, and there's nothing really, honestly, there's nothing wrong with bands that hate each other. It's just a different fucking thing. You know what I mean? Like we're lucky uh, that we all get along and we all get along in a way that is, uh, you know, really genuine and like beneficial to what we do creatively. You know, it's like, it's, I mean, we're, we're lucky, man. Uh, You know, the guys in the band are incredible dudes, uh, you know, inside and out, you know, and it just makes everything so much easier when you can have you know because you know on our on our stage man i mean a lot at our stage rather a lot of what you do uh on a daily basis you do yourselves you know what i mean like we're like of course we have management and we got a good team and we tell people to you know go do this and it'll get done but for the most part we generate everything and for you know, a lot of the things we do, we're also, you know, we're, we're the, we're the worker bees too, man. You know, it's like, it, everything is so in-house with what we do. And it, it's, it's so important that we're able to have the relationship that we have when you have to have like real conversations with each other, you know, you got to be able to be honest uh, about what you're doing, whether it's creatively or whether it's, you know, the stupid behind the scenes shit that you got to do as a band that's constantly, uh, turning their own wheels, you know, whether it's fucking web store shit, social media shit, all that stuff. You got to be able to have those real conversations with each other and be able to like admit when you fucked up, you know, just the same way you can call someone else out when they fuck up. And it, it just, it creates this, you know, kind of even playing field for everybody. And it's just so rad because once you have that, you know, then you can create together, you can tour together, you can live together, you can go through anything together, you know, it's like, and we all started as friends. And so you, you, you come across bump in the road, you know, professionally, creatively, of course, there's times, but like I said, man, I, I, I've seen, you know, there's a lot of awesome bands that don't like each other and it works creatively. You know what I mean? It's just the way it is. Or maybe it's like the main two songwriters or whatever. Um, and, and that's all good. I mean, we've toured with some of them, you know, but it's like, uh, for us, we're stoked because we, we don't, we don't have that rub, you know? And it's like, uh, it's good for us because I mean, dude, we're, we're as DIY as it can get for the most part. Like we do everything, you know, that it, it's so funny. Cause I'll get like people like, dude, my, like my, you know, I, the guy who runs our, our web store, I went to high school with, you know, so I'm and, and, and my girlfriend works at the web store. So I'm over there all the time and people are emailing us like, where's our shit? And they have no <laughs> clue that it's like going straight to me. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's so great. But it's like, that's the beauty of it, man. It's like, yeah, like I love, I love every aspect of being in a band. I love all of it. You know, it's like when I was growing up, uh, you know, getting into like Black Flag and, and there was a time when SST Records was like the label, you know, it was like the greatest label of all time. And you could go down, you could see the fucking offices and the bands were working there and they were the ones sending out their records and all this shit. And it's like now more more than, you know, kind of any other time in the history, the music industry is on its ass. Record labels are scrambling. No one really knows what to do. Everyone's helping each other. And if you want to have like a functioning business, you know, it, it's a lot of people don't want to say business when they talk about band, but whatever, you know, it doesn't mean it's not a fucking band. If you want to have a functioning business, you know, you got to be on your toes and you got to be able to be in the trenches and do the work yourself, you know? So I 
you know, kind of lean back on those old SST days when, when I think about the Bronx, because that's very much who we are. You know, we work really hard. We have a lot of fun uh, and we take care of business. Love it. Yeah. And you guys are great live. I, I saw you years ago in Brooklyn. I had known of the band and uh, I can't remember why I, I, that's back in the days when I used to drink a ton, but I remember, <laughs> I remember ending up at one of your shows and like I'm a pretty big music snob when it comes to to bands, and uh, I remember just being from the for first note to the end. I was like, "Holy shit, these guys bring it!" Because it was good energy, it was badass, but it was just fun. You guys put off such yeah. a cool vibe, and from that point, I've been hooked. And uh, it reminds me of uh, being in Europe. I don't know if you remember this. I can barely remember it, but I believe <laughs> it was like um, I don't know somewhere in Europe, and I was side stage watching. I think it was. He knows. Was that, I do I remember. Think, I don't remember who it was, but I, I think remember. it was Imperial State Electric, which is the band that used to be the helicopters. I think it was them because I remember being a rock band, yeah. but I was hammered. And then I turn over and someone's like, hey, this is Matt from the Bronx. And I'm pretty sure I was like, dude, I love you. I remember that. That was the first time we met. That was the first <laughs> time we met, man. It was, it was fucking great. I but mean, I was, if you're gonna meet someone, side stage is the way to do it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I had like a, an, I had like a oh, half a bottle of wine. I was just hammered, having a good time watching a band I loved, and you know, at that point, I was listening to the Bronx on a pretty regular basis on the tour bus. Like, I remember we were in Japan, and I would play the Bronx all the time, and people were like, "Who the fuck?" Like, dude, it's the Bronx. Like backstage, everyone's like, "Jesus, you're always playing this fucking band." And then you know, later on, I, I that's when I met you. So it's kind of funny how like there's mutual respect, but I'm I'm still totally a fucking fan of the band. <laughs> uh, right on, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's it. I love you know how you know. I mean, we're coming up on twenty years of of the Bronx next year, and it's uh, it feels so cool to just have you know the journey just like just keeps evolving, you know, that meeting people like you that I had, you know, we'd been in a band for 15 years, our paths had never crossed. Um, you know, then we meet, uh, then we're doing this thing now, you know, and it's like, it, it's such a cool experience to like, that. it just, it just keeps evolving. And it's one of the things that uh, for me is so exciting and motivating because I know, um, you know, that there's so many more good times ahead and so many more good songs and records ahead. It's like, I, you know, we put out six Bronx records, a couple L Bronx records. And uh, I really still truly, truly feel that our, our best records are ahead of us. And it's such an awesome feeling, but it's like, uh, it's kind of maddening in a way because you just want to get them done. You know, it's like, we're in a spot right now where we're, we're riding a lot. Um which is cool. It's kind of, it was, I don't know if it was hard for you, but when the pandemic first hit and it was like, uh, I feel like every band was like, okay, cool. We're just going to dig in and write a record. It was like way harder to like do that. Then, you know, it took a while to like actually sit in to like sit into that rhythm and like actually get to a spot where you can create something. But we're, uh, you know, we're there now and it feels good. And we're just riding a bunch and, and we've got a lot of stuff going on and uh, it just feels cool, man. I was, I was listening back to like, uh, our first and second records we had an anniversary recent last year on our second record uh and it's cool to go back and listen to it and it, it's rad i enjoy it for what it is and i love it and i i got nothing but awesome memories but i'm also like fuck man like we're such a better band now you know what i mean like i wanted like i just want to go like i want to keep going keep making music keep writing records keep playing shows 
um, you know, I just, I, I got a lot more in me, you know, and I think the, the whole band does. So we're super inspired right now. So it feels good to like, just be in that spot, you know? Well, as an artist, it's good because you're just never satisfied. And I think that's a good thing. As frustrating and crazy as that makes you feel, the fact that you still feel that way means you still do have a lot more to go because it's a projection of yourself. And I love that. And I, you know, through the pandemic, I was at zero. I just, I had nothing. I was so numb. <laughs> and now, you know, having that first tour, we just had a tour with Slipknot. We were able to complete. And then had, yeah. had some downtime after that and getting ready to go out again if all goes well. And uh, yeah, I'm starting to feel myself again, starting to get creative again. And that's, it's a really good feeling. The fact that we still have that, you know, especially at our age and being in bands as long as we've done it, it's like, it's so cool to, to be where we're at and still see a future in it. I love that you said that. It's great, man. Yeah, man. It's, it, it feels really good. And, you know, music is just such an incredible uh, thing. You know, it's been so good to me and it's been so good to all of us in this conversation. And uh, it's, it's just a really cool thing to know that that is the, you know, that's kind of the, that's the backbone of my, my existence, you know, creatively, it's all kind of tied together through music. And uh, it, it's such a blessing, you know, to be able to have that, like, it's so fucking cool. It's like, I still just want to like, do everything I possibly can to maximize it, you know, before, before I'm, go on to whatever the fuck is next after this yeah. life, you know, so Living in a dumpster. <laughs> yeah, before, yeah. Before I go back to the dumpster, you know? <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm just stoked, man. It's cool. And life is good right now, you know? Yeah. I think everything that's good in all three of our lives has come from music and all the great relationships that we have and, and, and the joy that we feel and excitement. And one thing that I love about the Bronx, Matt, you're one of the few punk bands, again, you're unique in this sense. And I'm not just saying this to be nice, that actually gets better with each album. You know, a lot of punk bands peak on those first couple and then they just kind of replicate that same thing over and over to lesser, you know, or sometimes better extents. But you guys actively seem to get more solid and like stronger and better with each album like bronx five for me is probably my favorite one you've done i think five just slays in every way and what i love that you did with the new one with the latest one sorry six were you going to do that release kind of you know approach before covid or was covid something that kind of presented an obstacle and then you thought well rather than releasing a record in the traditional sense let's do a single a month with you know specific art package and a merch collaboration and all the cool shit that you did was that a result of covid or were you always going to do that it was something we wanted to do for a long time was release like record a record and release it as singles along with you know a full length but uh, you know, we didn't have that original plan going into Bronx six, you know, it was basically once, once we figured out we, we weren't going to be touring and we were going to have, you know, like we didn't, we waited 2020, you know, I felt so bad for bands who were putting out records and just saw them just get annihilated, you know, oh, man, like you, March you, 2020 would have been the worst yeah, time ever uh, to bring <laughs> Dude, it sucks so bad. You know, there were so many bands that had all this positive momentum going and it just got sucked up. Um, but so, you know, we were fortunate where we didn't put it out early in 2020. So uh, we saw the way things were going. We said, there, you know, no way we're putting it out this year. So let's wait. Uh, and then, the, you know, next year comes along and it was like, okay, 
we really can't wait another year to put this record out. You know, even if we could, we don't really want to. I mean, we recorded it in 2019 and you know how it is, Jesse, but like as soon as it's done, you're kind of like already like on to the next. Oh, so yep. having, yeah, having to like put out a record and work a record and tour a record that's already two years old was just kind of like, this is a trip, you know, but so that's kind of where the whole thing came in. It was like, Hey, we're not going to tour. Uh, let's find a creative way to release this album. And it was basically, we release it a song at a time, a month at a time uh, with, you know, creative collaborations from uh, all the awesome relationships that we've kind of grown uh, and, and, and fostered over the years. And then uh, and, and put out some merch and do some cool shit and basically just work the record for the whole year, mm. you know? Um, so that was kind of the, the, our solution to it, you know? And, uh, and it ended up being, uh, really fucking cool. You know, it's like, it, it, you work with some amazing people, man. Like amazing people drop a few names. Feel uh, free. Well, we had, yeah, we had Dabs Myla did, uh, I mean, it's cool. I actually got the, uh, I got this. We made these boxes. Did we burn these things ourselves? I saw them uh, like cigar total, boxes. They look like <laughs> yeah, yeah, total DIY fucking Bronx activity. It's got like a little fucking Coke mirror in here, you know. <laughs> and they got a fucking a seven inch, seven inch slip mat. But yeah, dude, we did all this crazy shit. So we got like, you know, we had uh, we worked with uh, Joby designed this seven inch for the first song. Dabs Myla did this one. Uh, you know, Brian Montori, Craig Stezik, you know, the old Dogtown guy, uh, Gary Stranger out of the UK, Tokyo Hero, uh, Tim Armstrong designed this one uh you know just a but it was just it was really cool man and, and, and it was a lot of a lot of fun we had esteban oriole involved in a bunch of stuff and i'm not gonna lie it was a lot of fucking work every motherfucking month uh but well, talking about being in the, like the warehouse i kept seeing videos of you guys like in there <laughs> you know printing the stuff getting it done like it looked tech but it looked fun you know i imagine it, it was, was stressful I mean, but it looked it kind was, of fun as well yeah, it was stressful, but what, like I said, it's like you just like you have to accept reality. It's like okay, this is what's going on. So you know, we could either not do anything, get depressed, sit on our ass, or we could find like a, a creative solution to doing what we want to do and have some fun. So uh, that's what we did, and, and you know, people were really stoked on it, and and uh, I'm glad it turned out the way it did. It's been a really rewarding experience. You know, it was like a lot of hard work went into this record, and. Uh, it's been a lot of fun just like releasing it, kind of giving every song like, uh, you know, its own kind of release, you know, has been a really cool thing. Um, and, and it's, it's been a good way to spend the year, you know, so now we're, you know, into 2022 and uh, I think we got like one or two more songs. That's it uh, to kind of release as a seven inch. Um, and then it's kind of on to the next project. You know, we got some tours slated for this year hopefully that happened and uh um you know we're working on some new music right now and, and hopefully going to be doing like an ep at some point this year to kind of follow up uh with bronx six um and then you know 2023 20 year anniversary of the band really hoping to tour around the world on that just fucking have a bunch of fun and then uh 2024 maybe we go back to uh el bronx we'll see. yes <laughs> I love that stuff so much, man. As you know, I actually think a part of me, a large part of me, 
I don't know whether this is sacrilege to say or not, but prefers El Bronx. I just love, I mean, one of my favorite life memories is just before all this shitstorm, being on the Flogging Molly cruise of you guys. You know, this like the the winds coming in off the Caribbean Sea and you're all there in your charro suit <laughs> playing this mariachi music on a boat in the middle of the Bahamas. I was like, how has my life brought me here? It was amazing. I was thinking the same thing. You know, it's like, it, it's, it's fucking funny, man. It's like, dude, those cruises are so fucking hilarious, dude. It's, it's so, it's so funny. There's like, you know, there's metal ones, there's Foggy Molly does theirs. There's like, I've seen some hilarious lineups uh, for these cruises, <laughs> but they're, they're, I mean, they're fucking fun, dude. And it's like, it's kind of like, you know, it's another one of those things where, you know, I, I think conventionalism uh, when it comes to the music industry, when it comes to the touring industry, uh, you know, is, is, is out the window. All bets are off. You know, people want to pay to go on a cruise and fucking watch Zach Wild just fucking solo under the fucking wind. Like, dude, why not, dude? <laughs> I'm envious of that, man. I, I every every offer we've gotten, my entire band turns it down. I say yes every single time. I'm like, it's a win-win situation, dude. You're in the Caribbean, you're on a cruise, and you play for an hour, then you get to hang. Like, why is it so bad? Yeah, my band shot it down every single time. Oh, your 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 cruise your cruise days will come. Don't worry. Don't be, they're, they're I'm gonna go they're on one come. by myself. Damn it. I don't care. <laughs> So, Matt, let's talk about your amazing podcast, the Sailor Jerry podcast. Again, is yeah. this something that was born out of out of the pandemic? Did they approach you? Because for me, you've always been a natural fit as like a radio personality. You know, you're obviously a master of ceremonies every night on stage. Was it a seamless segue for you across as well to the host of that show? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, it was it was something I've wanted to do for a long time. Like you said, I, I I feel natural talking to people, being on stage, or you know, just hanging with the mic in my hand, whatever, man. Um, but uh, Sailor Jerry's always been super cool to the Bronx. You know, we've been working together for I don't know, like 10, 15 years. You know, way back in the day, uh, our friend uh, Justin was kind of the music guy over there, um, and they, you know, we did a bunch of like crazy, super small club shows and, and stuff in Vegas and a bunch of parties and things like that. And so we've always kind of had a cool relationship and, and, uh, my friend Dana dynamite who does all their PR and kind of does all the cool stuff for them that they, that they're involved in. She reached out, uh, during the pandemic and was like, Hey, just like everybody else, we're looking for something to like do, you know, like we got to figure out a solution, uh, to kind of, you know get some sort of activity going in this pandemic. And so we're thinking about a podcast and would you want to host it? I mean, I was stoked, man. I was like, yeah, absolutely. I needed something to do something cool to like, you know, kind of dive into. Cause it was like, I mean, you know, it's like, it's, it's a lot, man. It's a lot, it's a lot of fucking work. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, you know, and it was pretty much all on me uh, to figure out um, which was cool. Cause I needed a project and I kind of needed a challenge. So, you know, I, I, I dove in, man, and it was like just kind of putting the first episode together, figuring out all the weird back end shit of, you know, how to host it, and do all that stuff. The editing process is a fucking nightmare, but whatever, you know, it's like it's all it's all positive work going towards, you know, creating something that's cool. So uh, I, I dove into it. I really, really enjoy it. And, uh, you know, we had our first year, you know, we kind of just the first episode was January 14th of last year. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been rad, man. Had like a bunch of, it's cool talking to other artists, other musicians, you know, obviously musicians are like my wheelhouse, but it's really cool talking to, 
you know, visual artists, graphic artists, people like that, and just kind of diving into their creative process. I just love all that stuff, man. It's like, uh, so it's been a really rewarding experience for me. Say that Jerry has been cool. I just interviewed uh, Jay Weinberg uh, from Slipknot and uh, it was great, man. It was cool. Just rapping with him about fucking Bruce Springsteen and shit. You know, it's like, it's just cool. You know, you get to talk to people kind of about things that you wouldn't really get to talk to them about if you see them, you know, in fucking catering at Reading the Leeds Festival or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like having like the real conversations has been uh, has been a really cool experience for me. So, yeah, I, I love it, man. I think you just, what, what are you saying, Jesse? How's it been for you? No, it isn't. I like what you just said because it's conversations that like you just can't have in a touring situation because there's so many distractions. You know, you got a schedule, you got catering, you got to get to the shower, you got buses. I mean, the, the chaos of a tour and a festival, you see people in spurts and it's fun, but to be able to like sit and, and really talk to somebody for an hour with no distractions has been amazing for me. And it's actually brought out a side of me that um, I always kind of knew was there, but I'm fairly quiet on tour, you know, preserving the voice and also just I, I'm kind of a deep thinker. So I don't like surface conversations. I don't like how's the weather. None of that shit. I'm super uncomfortable with like small talk. So for yeah. me, it's been amazing to know that I can do this. And I think it's it's really affected me outside of the podcast because when I do go outside in, in town here where I live in Woodstock, sitting at the bar, everything's changed. Like I, I now find those people that do the small talk and I'm almost interviewing them. Like I, I, I kind of pull, <laughs> kind of pull the deeper things out of them. And it's actually helped me with my friendships. It's helped me with my relationship. I'm a better listener. Like doing this podcast has been amazing for me and moving forward. It's, it's, you know, going to change the way my dynamic and the way I treat people and have conversations with people. And I love it. I love having a good conversation i walk away from these conversations and uh, it takes me about an hour and a half to like wow and i'll continue to think about the conversation and that point that that person made or this and that and i love it it's totally changed me and it's made me a more positive uh person and like i said a better listener which i think is good for anybody to have hell yeah that's awesome and yeah it's been it's been super cool for me too man like i i love it i can't get enough of it and it's like it, it we're on the kind of schedule where like I, I do one every two weeks, so it's not like that crazy stressful, you know, it's like, but I'm so bad at getting ahead. So even yeah. if it is, you know, it's, it's so hard to get ahead, but it's like, it, it's still, it's still a really, really good time. And it's really nice to talk to other people about music and art and life and, and just kind of get a little bit of insight and a different perspective on things. You know, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Mm. This is one thing I'd love to ask you about as we approach the end, Matty. And I know you're a, a private person in many ways, so you don't need to divulge too much. But in all the years <laughs> that I've known you, you've kind of been single, as far as I'm aware. And in recent times, I've seen this beautiful romance has entered into your life. <laughs> and it's just so lovely seeing you so happy, man. Jesse just got engaged as well, so love's definitely in the air right now. Um, Congrats, Jesse. Thank you. I'm, yeah. I'm stoked for you, dude. And, and yeah, you seem really happy, and it's lovely to see. Yeah, man, it's cool. I am happy, you know, and it's, uh, it all, it all started for me, um, you know, without, without going too crazy. It, it all started for me. I mean, I had to take, I had to take a good look at myself first before I could, you know, be in a position to really be, uh, a good partner to somebody, you know, it's like, I, I just had, uh, I had a lot of issues on my own that I just had to work through and, and accept and kind of admit, you know, 
And I, I think that was a big deal for me was coming to that point, um, you know, personally, just before, you know, you can really, really be uh, in an honest, like, faithful, like, good, open, just meaningful relationship. Like, you got, like, you got to have, you got to have all your shit worked out, man. Like, it's just like, you know, for me, I was, I was just in, in denial about a lot of my own faults and stuff like that for a long time. And once I worked that out, uh, everything kind of opened up for me and, uh, I met the right person and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm stoked, man. And it feels really good to have, uh, it feels really good to just be like a, a good human, you know, <laughs> it feels good. It feels good, man. It's like, there's, there was a long time there where I, it's just like, I just wasn't being the best person that I could be, you know? So, um, it's rare in life. I think that all things kind of hit at the same time, whether it's your career or, uh, you know, your personal life, um, or your own kind of, you know, journey. Um, and for me, you know, it's taken a long time, you know, I'm 42 years old. I'm, I'm going to be 43 in February. Um, and I've made a lot of mistakes in my life and there's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, but, uh, it's all kind of brought me here to where I am now. Um, I feel very, you know, grateful and thankful to have an awesome relationship, uh, to be, you know, working as hard as I am, uh, with the band, with my friends, making music, uh, doing the podcast. Uh, you, you know, I, I mean, yeah, I, things are going great for me with my friends and my family and my life, man. So, uh, you just got to keep going and you got to be able to, you know, you got to be able to look inward too. You can't be one of those people that's always just like trying to, you know, get someone else to fix their shit when your shit's all fucked up. You know what I mean? You, you got, you got to be able to look inward before anything is really gonna, you know, change for the better. And uh, that's kind of, you know, the one thing that I've learned uh, about myself that I've been able to apply that is just, I mean, it's paid off big time, man. Yeah. You got to put in the work really at the end of the Hell day, yeah. own, own your shit and get through your shit because it's yo shit. <laughs> <It's not laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I had that happen to me too, man. It's nice to hear that. It's crazy, man. I feel like we're on real parallel paths. You and I, it's kind of weird. It's kind of freaking me out, but um, I, I love it, man. It's great. It's, it's, I think to me, this is the perfect episode to end off on really with this, with this podcast and with the chapter of our lives, which, you know, this is episode 49. We're going to have one more and you're our last guest and what a beautiful way to sort of end it off. It really kind of, I think wraps up a lot of this past year. So right on brother. Right on, man. Thanks for having me on guys. I really appreciate it. It's oh, always yeah. a pleasure, Matt. And just thank you for everything over the years. You guys have always treated me great and nothing but love and respect for all of you. And uh, I look forward to hanging out, hopefully, you know, in the live environment with all of you yeah, very soon. You're coming over to Slam Dunk, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, we're doing Slam Dunk. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I really do think, you know, I mean, this the last, honestly, fucking December and January was so crazy, uh, you know, with the... Uh, with the variant shit and all that stuff. But I really do feel fingers crossed, of course, that, you know, things are finally really coming to uh, an end as far as like, uh, you know, just super crazy ass fucking pandemic shit and different variants that are causing people to close and do all this shit. So I'm hoping for the best. I really do feel like, you know, we are kind of coming out of it. I know we will eventually, uh, but I'm really hoping this year 
you know, the second half of this year by summer, you know, maybe by April, something like that. By the time summer hits, um, we'll all be able to go and, and play music and go to shows and have people be stoked and not worrying about getting sick and just having a, a good life and having a good time, you know. So I think it's coming down the pipeline. Hopefully it, uh, you know, hopefully it's this year. Yeah, brother, I feel you. There's something in the air. I feel that. I'm with yeah. you on that. Hell yeah, brother. I look forward to it. I look forward to bumping into you at a, at a festival and I will not be nearly as buzzed or drunk. I'm sure I'll remember it next time because I don't do that crazy shit anymore. But uh, <laughs> I can't wait to cross paths. It's going to be great, man. And uh, congrats on everything. Sounds like life's pretty damn good. And uh, looking forward to seeing you get back out on the road again because it's a hell of a time. Right on. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, when our paths cross next, brother. Awesome talking to you. Hell yeah, Take man. care, Matty. Thanks, mate. Alright guys, Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.